This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I'm joined here today with my by my lovely sidekick, Ramon. Ramon, how are you? I am fantastic as fantastic. always. As long as it's I'm here with that you. Way. It's easier that way. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to start with the headlines of the day. Can we do that? You know what? This is news that you can use. Infotainment is Ooh, what I, I like, like to call that. It. Now, did you hear Mark Wahlberg? He's an actor. Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. So Mark Wahlberg gained 20 pounds for a movie role. <laughs> it's easy to do during mm-hmm. COVID for sure. So my advice to you, Ramon, is maybe you're not getting fatter. Maybe you're just becoming an actor. <laughs> <laughs> they got plenty of people that already can play fat guys. They so. really do, don't they? they? We'll never run out of that. So uh, I want to talk a little bit today about real estate. Who knew? Shocking. You know, I, I heard a uh, – you know, when I was – new in real estate. I failed for five years and it was just horrible. And then I show up to this uh, Sweat Hogs, it was called, was the name of this event that was put on by Floyd Wickman, one of his minions, who's now one of my best friends. But uh, I remember sitting next to this lady and saying, wow, this is different. This is great. We're going to sign up for this. So we did. And then uh, all the magic happened from then on. I finally learned sales for the first time. And there were people in my same company that were at that thing. And, I, and I'd say, are you going to sign up for this? And they go, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. And I'd look at them and go, really? Doesn't look like it. And they go, nah, you know, I've been doing it this way. Uh, uh, and uh, I heard a quote the other day that was, uh, don't cling to your mistake just because it took you so long to make it. (laughs) So uh, I I just said, I am just going to get rid of everything I've ever been taught. And uh, so I was teaching a, uh, you know, program. And uh, so one of the guys was uh, brand new. Uh, It was his literally like his first day in real estate. So he, he in week one, he took seven listings. And so he took a listing a day, basically. And then in week two, he took another seven listings. And then in week three, he was kind of getting worn out and he took four listings. Now, this is a guy who was a little rough around the edges. And he was driving a semi-truck delivering uh, the goods to the back door of Walgreens in the middle of the night. So he's the graveyard shift. So if you wonder how all that stuff gets on the shelves, they do it in the middle of the night when the stores close. So that was his job. He smelled like gasoline while he was sitting in the in the class or diesel fuel. And, uh, you know, nice guy. So I remember the other people in the class, they were saying, oh, uh, I don't know, Bob, I don't know if you know this, but those listings he's taking, they're all overpriced. 
And I said, well, the price of the listings you haven't been taking ain't the problem we've been having with you guys. You know, So he was out there busting his butt. So in order to take seven listings, he was going on a lot of listing appointments, doing the things that other people weren't. So at the end of his you know, first year in real estate, it was uh, New Year's Eve, and he called me up and he said, hey, I just want to thank you for all you did. And and he said, uh, I had a great year. And I said, well, hey, let me, you know, how, how did you end up your year? And he said, well, I had 37 closings. And I go, wow, that's fantastic. And uh, I said, how many listings did you take? He said, I took 50 listings. So in his first year, now he quit his job by the end of that program I was teaching. Um, but he took 50 listings. And in the month of December alone, he had taken 28 listings and and he had opened 11 escrows or put on 11 houses under contract and had nine closings in that final month of the year. So, you know, I always say, you know, Theodore Roosevelt once said that comparison is the thief of joy. I, I, I always say don't compare yourself to other people. So I would give Freddie, that would, which is his name, I would give him that advice. Don't compare yourself to other agents. But I noticed that the other agents were comparing themselves to him and thinking they were better than him because his listings were overpriced. But the truth is 37 of them closed. So the moral of the story is you know, you've got to do different things than other people. I was in Idaho uh, one time teaching a program. And there were 37 students in that in that class. Very nice people. It was for a great, great company called Century 21 Butler. So I was watching American Idol. Do you ever watch the American Idol? No, I do not. I love the American Idol. Fantastic. You've mentioned that before. I love it. Yeah. So I noticed that they were doing the American Idol tryouts in this room in this fancy hotel. And that was the exact same room I taught that program for those 37 students. So it was like getting to see the old days. But in uh, six weeks, 37 people did 222 listings and they had 408 total transactions if you include listings taken, sales put under contract, uh, listings put under contract, and uh, uh, closings. So that's, you know, 1.92 per person uh per week transactions so pretty amazing stats now that doesn't happen on accident now do, do, now look at this Doreen remember Doreen from singing the uh yes hang on if you're calling in now hey Doreen you're on the podcast right now say hi to the people oh hello <laughs> Listeners. would you like to call in and be on the podcast well I guess I just did yeah, but to the real number. I was trying to take care of some housekeeping issues. Oh, housekeeping. You. Well, God knows your house what needs that. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need advice. Oh, boy. Okay, we'll talk later. All right. I'm so sorry. Say goodbye to the fans, if there are any. Oh, goodbye, all of you listeners. <laughs> all over the world. This yes. is an international podcast, Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's very international. Very cosmopolitan. Multicontinental. All right. See you, Dor. Bye-bye. So uh, that's why we keep the phone ringer off for that reason. So um, 
what were we talking? Oh, American Idol. Oh, no, we were talking about real estate. So, so these folks committed to doing certain things and they followed through. You know, so that's the, uh, that's the moral of the story. So, you know, when I got into real estate, I was a uh, high school dropout. I had a giant Afro. My real estate car was a Harley, so I was obviously poised for success. But you know what? I committed to soaking up all the training that was given to me, which I did. What I didn't realize is all that training was horrible. It was the opposite of what I should have been doing. And it was just a bizarre twist of fate that I met Floyd, who uh, hopefully I will see in October on the yacht in uh, Sarasota, Florida. But, you know, he changed my life. And then that guy that was his trainer changed my life. And then, you know, I went on to work for him years, many, many years later. But what I would ask people to do is commit to doing certain things. So and those things, you know, we would give homework out and they would agree to make that homework assignment that we gave out their number one top priority during the program uh, in an effort not to let themselves down. We had little people on teams and their family and their company. So, you know, each week they would commit to doing enough hours of telephone prospecting to get one listing. And each week they would commit to getting in the door of enough for sale by owners or expired or canceled listings in order to get one listing. Uh, Each week they would schedule a minimum of five listing appointments and give a minimum of three listing presentations each week, you know, after the second week and then complete and follow their weekly schedule. So that was the formula. So Freddie, the guy I told you about, he did that. Those folks in Idaho, they did that. And, you know, most people, you know, like I always say that fearless or or commitment is like a ham and egg sandwich. You know, the chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. So commitment is about doing what you said you were going to do, maybe more, but never less than that. So, uh, you know, when I was 20, you know, I've shown uh, I've shown you the picture on my phone of me with my giant afro on my, you know, that. That one's nice. So, <laughs> you know, I'm I'd, on a... I'd love to post that if possible. So my, let's please don't, <laughs> I'm begging you not to. But I... Uh, I made. I'm, I got the idea that I was going to buy a. My best friend and I, Jeff, we were going to buy matching black Harley Davidson Sportsters, and we're going to ride across America like uh, you know. Remember that show? Then came Bronson. Do you remember that show? No, I do not. TV show. Vietnam vet comes back from Vietnam. His buddy was killed in Vietnam, and and he gets his his like his mother gives him his Harley Davidson Sportster, and he takes off across America. So it was okay. it was that kind of junk. Yeah. So we decide we're going to take off. Well, once you get uh, to the East Coast, you know, there's no way back except to ride. You're, you're there, you know. So uh, we, we do that. And every day, you know, on a Sportster, on a Harley Sportster, the tank is 2.2 gallons. And you can't go – you could barely go 100 miles without ref, refueling. So, um, you know, we're – 
It's just making it to the next gas station. So that's all we're doing. We're just trying to get to the next gas. We're praying to God there is a gas station so we don't have to push it the rest of the way. So really prospecting is that way. You're just making it to the next hour. Just, you know, call for an hour. You know, I did that. Take a break. Get some coffee. Go to the bathroom. Call for another hour. And don't get off the phone until you've scheduled five. So I would always have everybody, you know, keep track of the right things. So if you're at the maximum that I want you to keep track of these things. So as you're doing your prospecting, keep track of it one week at a time. So a week is kind of an artificial thing, you know, like a month, there's 12 months in a year, there's a lunar cycle, there's all that. Uh, but week is a week is kind of something that humans came up with. So you can you can keep a week in your mind at one time. And uh, some months have uh, four weeks, some have five, some have a little less than four. But from, you know, Sunday, if you're religious, if you go to church, you know, that's a day off. But from Monday through Saturday, keep track of what you did for each week. So each week, keep track of the number of hours that you spent, full hours, on the telephone. So if you call for an, an hour and 15 minutes, that's an hour. If you called for uh, 45 minutes, that's zero hours. So keep track of the full hours and then keep track of the number of listing appointments that you schedule. Don't get off the phone until you've scheduled five. I would keep track of the number of listing appointments that you've attended or you actually went on it or it was over the phone if it's the you know remote people. Uh, the number of listings that you take the number of sales that you make, meaning buyers put under contract, the number of your listings that go under contract, and then the number of closings. And then for each one of those, attach the name of the owner and the property address and then any price. So if you list a property, there's a price, a list price. If you sell a property, there's a sales price. And then that uh, listing sold price might be different than the price you listed it at, and then the closing price might be different than the other two. So, oh, oh, it's David Weiss. We're going to talk to him, too. Hey, Dave, you're on the phone on the podcast. Say hi to the listeners. Hi. <laughs> do you have a question? Yeah, I do. Let's hear it. Um, I'm going to do my first ever open house next week. Okay. How do I do it? Uh... Well, basically what you want to do is uh, advertise it with as many signs as you can. Were you going to advertise it on Facebook or other social media sites? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, watch the video. This is good advice for everybody. Go to fearlessagent.com. Go to the video training page in the menu bar. And then there's a video called How to Make Right Now Money in Real Estate that's about open houses. The key points are don't hand anybody anything, don't have any flyers, don't have a little sign-up sheet, and uh, your only job is to book appointments, either listing appointments or buyer appointments while you're in the open house. So if you're not allowed to give them anything and the only thing you're allowed to do is make appointments, you're going to be saying different things while you're in the house. 
But watch that video. They walk through the house unescorted, and then you come back and give them a little survey question, and then that leads to the appointment. So no sign-up sheets, nothing that even resembles. Yeah, how many how many weeks have you been in real estate so far? Uh, roughly 10. Now, he's been on the podcast before. Do you remember, Dave? Yes, indeed. Yep. 10 weeks in real estate? Yeah. How many closings have you had so far? Uh, nine. And how many under contract do you have right now? What would your recommendation to be to anybody who's considering doing fearless agent coaching as a brand new agent like you were 10 weeks ago when you signed up? To call you and just talk. Okay. So you're a fan? Yeah. All right. Is your wife happy? Yeah. Have you you quit your other job yet? No, not yet. So you did all that part-time with a full-time chef job? That's correct. Okay. Watch the video and call me later. Okay. When's your open house? Uh, next Saturday. Should I give out the address over the air because this comes out in July? No. <laughs> It'll be too late. No. No. All right. Thanks for checking in. See you. See you, Dave. Bye-bye. This uh, is what we're going to do from now on. We're just pick put, up the phone? Put, I'm going to answer the phone, put people on speakerphone, do an actual live coaching call. Uh, Maybe by the time this comes out, he will have uh, quit his chef job finally. Oh, no, that's true. No, he's quitting it in August, he said. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, he wanted to give him time to find a new guy. So so you keep track of all that stuff. Now, I got tricked into doing that. Now, I'm not a big record keeper. I'm not a big reporter. I'm not a paperwork guy. I hate all that. But I just did it because Floyd taught me to do it. So – But I noticed some trends like uh, I'm good at this and not good at that. I like this and I don't like that. Uh, I happen to be the guy who uh, did not like buyers as much as I liked sellers. Uh, One of the differences between sellers and buyers is buyers tend to be happy. Sellers tend not to be quite so happy when you're selling your house strangers are walking through your house making fun of your decorating and all that. That's not fun. Uh, it's a death. It's a job transfer. It's a divorce. It's, uh, you know, it's not pleasant selling a house. But there's a defined problem. You know what you got to do, and you're either able to perform on that or you're not. So it was like, hey, I can make this happen. I knew how to sell their house for more than it was worth. That is what they all wanted. And uh, – whether they're grateful afterwards or not really is a separate issue. Sometimes you just have to settle for the money. Buyers, on the other hand, it's more cheerful. Hey, we're buying a house. It's fun. Um, I just hated that for whatever reason. Schlepping them around, opening up the houses, the lockboxes, all that. So uh, at one point, I just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. I got rid of my lockbox ski. I bought a Corvette so I couldn't relapse on buyers. They wouldn't even fit in it. And that was the best day ever for me. Now, am I recommending that to you who are listening? No. Uh, It's a matter of taste. Some people want to do both. That's a recipe for making way less money. But if that's what you'd want to do, great. But I would focus on one or the other. And if if you say, gee, I never – my life would be happier if I made more money by never putting a buyer in my car, never showing a house again. If I could make more money doing that, I would. Then do that. And I can coach you on how to do that. So 
each week at a minimum uh, keep track of the number of listing appointments that you schedule, uh, the number of listing appointments that you attend, and the number of listings that you take. And then I think it's a good idea just to rate yourself on a scale of one to ten on two things. You know, one would be uh, time management. How good are you at at uh, sticking to your schedule? And then the other would be your focus on prospecting. So if you focus on those things, now Dave, there, great example. Uh, he works every day from three p.m. Till midnight at a uh, fancy, you know, white tablecloth restaurant, fine dining establishment. So he's a chef. He went to culinary school for five years. He made no money while doing that, and then uh, that's his dream. Starts doing it, hates every minute of it, and uh, you know, he was referred to me by one of my other coaching clients in New York, and uh, decides he wants to get into real estate. Signs up with a great company. And then um, starts coaching with me on day one. So I'm, I have taught him to do the exact opposite of what all 300 agents in that company are taught to do by the industry. And uh, he is now the number one earning agent in that company for the weeks he's been in real estate. And the number two guy who used to be the number one guy. Uh, you know, Dave's going to make probably somewhere between three hundred and fifty and five hundred thousand net taxable income. When he quits his job, he'll make even more, but he's on track to make somewhere between three hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand net, uh, not gross. So uh, it's because he did the exact opposite. So if he had done what every other agent in that company does with the same work ethic he has. He'd probably be in the top 20 or top 50 agents. But by doing the exact opposite, he is the number one producing agent and he's also the number one earning agent. So he charges way more when he takes a listing, 2% more than anybody else in the company. And, uh, and he's doing it all part-time. So his time management – he has to be a rock star at time management. It's kind of – and he has a wife and two kids and all that stuff. So, you know, he was telling me about all this money he's made and he's able to, you know, recarpet the bedroom and, you know, bought new appliances for his kitchen and his wife is very happy and and all of that. Well, you know, anybody, anybody could do that. You know, if you hear Dave talk, he's not unique in any way. He's not – not special, just a regular nice, decent guy who cares about his customers. And uh, he just happens to be making way more than anybody else in his whole company because he's doing the exact opposite. But he has to be laser focused on that time management. And then the other thing is prospecting. So he doesn't allow himself to be distracted uh, by the other things. So he always tells me he's watching what the other people in his company are doing and they're coming up – to him and saying, hey, how do, you, how do you do it? And his answer is, why don't you just call Bob? Why don't you do what I did and just call Bob? Do they call me? No, they don't. Because they're looking for magic that doesn't involve work. They think prospecting is a spectator sport. They'd rather watch him, listen to him. They don't want to do what he did. They want to get what he's got. And that's the secret. 
A lot of people want to get what I had, but they didn't want to do what I did to get it. And they're looking for a shortcut. And, uh, you know, people used to come to me and they'd say, hey, Bob, you know, you're, you're able to get 7%. No one else is able to do that. How do you do it? I say, well, I just created a listing presentation. I, you know, not memorize the words, but memorize the steps. I created a pricing presentation. I didn't really memorize the words, but I memorized the steps. And I just don't skip the steps. And, and that's, how, that's how you do it. And I'd say, would you be willing to learn a listing presentation and the pricing presentation like I did? And 100% of them said no. <laughs> you know, that's like, can you believe that? That's like, what, what in the world? So they're going, how do you do it? And the middle the minute I tell them how you got to do it, they don't want to do it. Isn't there some quick download <laughs> that I can just can't. put on an app on my phone and so I can get his uh... – Some stupid podcast I can listen <laughs> oh. to. Something. You're right. So finally, one guy, his name is Scott Sepulveda. He comes to me and he goes, he says, how do you, how do you get you know, listings – and I'll get them all at 7%. I would get every one of them for a year. I would have everybody begging me to underprice their house. I said, you know, you could learn how to do it. I said, would you like to learn how to do it? And he goes, yeah. I said, I'll tell you what. So I wrote down a little dialogue for the very first part of the listing presentation. I said, you go memorize that. And when you have that memorized, you come back to me and I'll give you the second part. Well, he actually did do that. He memorized it. And then I came in the second part and he memorized that and the third part. And uh, so he was the only guy in all those years that ever learned it. And he ended up being the number one agent. He went off to another location. He was the number one agent in that location. So it's a learnable thing, you know. But it's so few people are willing to do what Freddie did or the guys in Idaho or what Scott Sepulveda did. And, you know, he's just a nice – uh, nice guy, you know, no, no big deal. So, um, I just got a text here from Daniel in, uh, he said the guy sold 38 houses in the last months. We're calling him to recruit him today. That's funny. So if you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, uh, and this stuff makes sense to you, and you happen to be open to the idea of having some help with that, we are here for you. If you would like to learn more about Fearless Agent Coaching, you can call me anytime. And here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll just have a conversation to see if Fearless Agent is a good fit for you. I'm never going to close you. I'm not going to use any of the sales tactics that I teach on you. We're just going to have a conversation and you're going to know if it's a good fit or not. If it's not a good fit and you think it's a good fit, but I know it's not, I'm going to tell you it's not. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to help you in any other way I can, even if the coaching's not a good fit for you. You can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. For those of you listening, you say, I know the coaching is not right for me, uh, but I have a question. You can always call me. I'm always happy to talk to you. I love talking to realtors. I don't want anybody to ever think that uh, you're bothering me. Don't uh, email me. Don't text me. Always call me at 480-385-8810. Uh, if you can't afford coaching but you wish that you could, uh, go to fearlessagent.com and watch our free webinar there. It's about 45 minutes long. Go to the Fearless Agent speaking page 
There's about a 25-minute video there. Take lots of notes. Go to the video training page. Take lots of notes. And those free videos would be much, much better coaching than you would pay any other coach in America any amount of money for. That is my guarantee. And if you ever have a question, again, you can always call me because we want to help you. Um, so uh, I also want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast. Do what David did. Uh, don't let the industry training leak into your brain. That's the advantage he had. As he And Jonathan, the guy from last week, uh, they didn't have – the industry leaking into their head before I got to them. I got to them on day one. So if, you're, if you've got all that junk in your head that's not working, just commit to getting it out like I did. I just said one day, I'm getting all of this out. I'm starting like a clean slate. I'm going to do what this other guy is telling me to do. And until next week, do what we always do. Have fun. Be humble. But above all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh,